and welcome to The One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. My name is David. My name is Natalie. And we intend to watch every single episode of Friends and How I Met Your Mother over the course of the next few years of our lives. But what are we, undertaking. But what are we going to be... Why don't I? Why don't you explain to the listener what... Because this the show was my idea right. years ago, right. but only recently did you acquiesce to doing it. Well, so why don't you lay it out? I will say that the pandemic had a lot to do with it. We have a lot of time at home. We've been watching so much TV. Um, I think the reasons for the show, the shows that we chose were, I've seen every single episode of Friends probably multiple times. You've mm-hmm. seen every episode of How I Met Your Mother multiple times. Pretty much. There actually are some, I think, like season eight episodes. So there was a time that I kind of gave up on How I Met Your Mother because it gets, this is a little bit of a warning for years from now. It, start, it kind of starts to get a little lame and I kind of gave up to on it. But then once it was in the home stretch and I realized, okay, they're going to like wrap up some things and answer. I jumped back in and watched the end of it. So there actually are, there will be some episodes farther down the line that I haven't seen. Yes. Um, and you know, with Friends, I've seen every single episode. Um, How I Met Your Mother, I might have caught, you know, a little bit here or there. How many would you guess you've seen? Maybe in full, two to three. Oh, wow. And then, that was a lower number than I even thought. Well, in full. But I've caught, when you have been watching, I've seen a little bit, or I've gathered things just hearing you tell stories about it. Because I was watching the show when we started dating. Did we say that we were married? No, not to w- to one another. We're married to one another. To one another, <laughs> and I was watching the show because we met in two thousand eight, which would have been right at the beginning of the fourth season, I think, of How I Met Your Mother. And then we moved in together. Uh, I guess I'm trying to think before the sixth season mm-hmm. um, of How I Met Your Mother. We're just like giving listeners uh, uh, an in- insight into how long we knew each other before we lived together. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm trying to think when How I Met Your Mother would have ended then. Were we already married then when it ended? No. That, I don't think so. No. No, I think it ended in 2013 or, and we got married in 2014. So um, I'm not sure how, how did we get onto the, all, all of this? Oh, yeah. You'd seen episodes when, when I was watching them probably for the first time. Right. And I will say that neither of us are humongous fans of the shows that we're kind of discussing. Not that we're haters Not either. that we're haters, but we do have a critical lens. And while I enjoy the show Friends, I wouldn't say it's not flawed in many ways. And I think, would you say the same? Uh, oh, for, uh, for sure. Um, that's one thing I'm uh, looking forward to. We'll get where I actually want to get later to like, how we think this is going to go. But what I wanted to talk about, okay, so you, like you just said, neither of us are huge fans of either of these, sh- these shows, so why did I want to do this? And now, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to talk for a bit. Friends was a phenomenon, remains a phenomenon, and I was not into it. Like, I've seen a bunch of these episodes because they're kind of, I feel like there's like a, baseline level of familiarity with friends in our culture of our age especially yeah Yeah. cultural lexicon whatever term you want to use there are things you just we just know but i was never really into it and i think because 
of who I was when this, you know, you talked about this premiered, uh, we talked about this off mic, this premiered when we were both entering seventh grade long before we knew each other. You know, this is the time that I was like listening to, uh, you know, alternative rock leading into when I would start becoming a punk rocker. Same. And the, this idea, this, the, the, like the, this version of the, 20 and 30 something urbanite was not a not recognizable to me as a suburban kid, but also did not represent what I thought my life was going to be like Totally. when I, because I envisioned myself as I did leaving my suburban home, moving to a big city. You know, I lived in Chicago for four years and now I've lived in Los Angeles for 15 years, 10 of those with you. God, we're going on 16 years now that I've lived in, it's more like 16 and 11 uh, (laughs) years. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I've almost been here 16 years now. So so Friends was a show that I knew, that I was aware of, that was a part of the zeitgeist, like you said, but did not make sense to me, did not seem appealing, or at least the world didn't seem appealing to me. Whereas by the time How I Met Your Mother came out, think think of it this way. Friends aired its final episode a couple of weeks before I graduated high, uh, um, college in 2004. Only a year and a half later, not a huge span of time in the scheme of things, but in my life particularly, we'll get to yours too. Uh, you can answer yours too if you want. Uh, How I Met Your Mother premiered on my 23rd birthday. At this point, I had not only graduated college, I had left Chicago and moved to Los Angeles with nothing. I was living, I didn't even have an apartment when I moved here. When, when friends, when How I Met Your Mother premiered, I didn't watch it because I had my first job. Uh, I was a PA. Um, uh, but when How, when How I Met Your Mother premiered, I was uh, living on a friend's couch. Like I said, getting my first job, saving up enough money to eventually October 1st, move into my first apartment. So I didn't even, so I had gone from being a college student to in Chicago to being, to starting my professional career. Not really because I didn't end up staying in production, but what I'm trying, this is a long winded way of saying there was a sea change in my life. Right. And how I met my mother came out and here's another New York white 30 something or, you know, late twenties, early thirties, uh, uh, picture and it still wasn't my life at that right, point right. but it suddenly it started to seem a little more familiar because i a because i was living this life but also because and this is the one thing i've always boiled friends and how i met your mother down to and friends they hang out at a coffee shop boring to me <laughs> how i met your mother they hang out at a bar which was already so already you've got something i can relate to sure because I never hung out at coffee shops. Like, uh, I definitely uh, did. Okay. But I wasn't like uh, Mike Myers, and so I married an axe murderer, hanging out at the, you know, the, the, jam po- the poetry jam night and drinking oversized cappuccinos. That's exactly what I was doing <laughs> when I was 13. <laughs> Premier of Friends. Uh, okay. So anyway, so I just wanted to say the reason I wanted to uh, do this show compare these two shows is because they have obvious similarities, right. but also represent entirely different or largely different worldviews for me. Yes, I fully agree. Um, I should have prefaced this at the beginning. I have never had a podcast. I have never been on a podcast. I listen to them, but I just want 
this to be bared in everyone's mind. <laughs> if it's not painfully obvious, this is very new to me. Anyway, no, you, that know what, being said, you know what Julia Child said? Never apologize. Even if your souffle, your pie, whatever kind of shit Julia Child was making didn't turn out the way you wanted, never apologize. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So keep Julia Child in mind. Fair enough. Okay, so my background with the show, Friends at least, um, so yeah, like David was saying, we were both going into junior high. This was ju- this would have just been like right away starting junior high. Well, no, I went to a middle school, so it was 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Okay. So I was... Well, I wasn't starting in a new school okay. at the beginning of seventh I was grade. starting I was in a new school. Um, so wait, was your junior high just seventh and eighth grade then? Yes. Just two years? Yes. Um, so at that point in my life, um, Morrissey was already speaking to me directly. <laughs> and I was already getting into like alternative kind of um, punk rock. So the show Friends should not have spoken to me at all. And somehow it did. Um, but I will say coffee was cool. It still is cool. <laughs> okay. Um, I maintain that coffee is cool. Um, I, I like coffee. I made you some delicious coffee this morning. I was going to say, I mostly treat coffee as a functional, like I drink in the morning to get through the morning. Yes. But yes, on the weekends, you tend to make fancy coffee in the French press and it's yes. a big delicious treat and I do like that it is and there was definitely something cool about sitting around in a coffee shop in the 90s with your friends I would I would say I would argue I mean to me the only thing that was cool about I mean the only reason it was cool was because we weren't old enough to get into bars yet yes and my friends and I wouldn't hang out at like coffee shops we would hang out at steak and shake they were open all night Mm. they'd let you smoke Okay, and they we had, would, you know, shitty drip coffee. My friends and I would hang out at um, Cafe Valentino, shout out, and Coffee Connection. And I was drinking coffee at 13. Is that weird? Um, I, I probably didn't start till I was 15 okay. or so. Okay. At any rate. Because my parents didn't drink. It was a big thing. My parents hated coffee, so oh. it was never around. Oh, I loved it. Still do. Um, so when I first, I don't remember the first time I saw Friends, but I will say that at the time they seemed so old to me. And even now, even though I am at least a decade older than their age, they seem really old to me. And just their professions and their clothes, it just, it didn't, I didn't identify with them at all. I thought that they were attractive, but they seemed old and strange. It was like a... It was a whole different reality than the one that I lived in. Let me ask you a question right now. If the friends existed in our reality mm-hmm. in 2016 mm-hmm. and 2020, how many of the six friends voted for Donald Trump? Ooh. Well. All but Phoebe, probably? Well, an argument could be made. Well, okay, so it is an extremely white show. However, there's a lot of ambiguous Judaism <laughs> tied into the show. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you'll see when you, when you watch the full episodes, a lot of the writers were Jewish. Um, Monica and Ross were half Jewish. Her last name is Geller. I think Phoebe might've been Jewish. There's a menorah at some point. So it's all kind of like ambiguous. Okay. Um, but yes, that question is, is concerning. I would say, yeah, maybe the majority. Whereas the I think, I think the How I Met Your Mother's character is definitely 
well, with the exception of Barney, I think definitely vote Democrat, but are probably not very active. I, 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 I don't see them as being progressives. I think I see them as being very middle of the road Democrats. Yeah, That's I guess. My, that would be my prediction for if these characters existed in our world. I guess as we go on and rewatch the shows, I think maybe we'll learn more about their political beliefs. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we'll probably learn very little. And, and uh, another show before How I Met Your Mother came along, actually, the show that I used to compare to Friends that I liked far better was Will and Grace. Because even though Will and Grace, Will especially, was like a rich dude, mm-hmm. and they lived this very rich New York life, they had politics and they had interests in terms of art and sex, I guess, that were more relatable to me. Whereas, yeah, like you're saying, the friends always seemed like they were 40 years old old. to me. Yeah. Like you'll see, like their careers are strangely adult, you know, like when my friends and I were in our twenties, you know, we were, you know, temp receptionists or musicians or you know like they just seem like well I guess Phoebe's a musician so um they just seemed old Rachel is um gonna be married to a dentist like I didn't know any peers who were dentists in my 20s or even now I also didn't know I almost don't know my friends were married (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that is true which is that so that's one thing that now I'm in your mother actually has in common they have mostly have grown-up jobs and uh uh yeah two of them are already a couple when the show starts but I don't want to get into we'll get into that when we get into that right um but yeah also just the just the far-fetched idea that I think people talk about like the apartment and how that, like the price of that apartment right now that the, you know, the friends have sure. these enormous New York apartments. Um, it's just so unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, and so then I think, again, we're getting into similarities, but, um, well, let's, the thing I wanted to talk about, uh, it, well, you brought up off mic before we were recording, you brought up Seinfeld. Yes. And I feel like, I don't know why you brought that up, because you wanted to save it for the show, I think, maybe. But uh, I don't think Friends exists without Seinfeld. Right. The idea of the the friend hangout comedy, like sitcom, that's not revolving around a workplace or something like a bar like Cheers. It, it Its central tenet is just they're friends and they hang out. That, I think, it f- feels like a reaction to the popularity of Seinfeld, which wasn't that popular when it started off but by 1994 when friends started it was uh, a more popular show right yeah i think seinfeld there are some similarities um i think seinfeld overall is so much more misanthropic whereas friends is kind of just um easy easy to watch you know it's not complex it's like gentle and pleasant it's gentle it's pleasant okay. it's comforting it's escapism it's fantasy in a lot of ways um it's not as funny <laughs> as seinfeld sure i guess that's a taste issue um, yeah, a few a few shows have ever been as funny as but i think they're both similar in the way that they're so enduring you know like we can watch them today and just yeah. kind of get lost in it i can i can watch five friends episodes without even like batting an eye or thinking really and this brings me to the point of comparison i want to make to how i met your mother 
which is that How I Met Your Mother, this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but How I Met Your Mother premiered a year after Lost premiered. And and also, not just Lost, but also after the advent of the new golden age, quote-unquote, of American television. And so How I Met Your Mother is a sitcom like Friends, but it also is one that has an internal mythology and mechanism, and it is working toward... It, it, it's working toward an end. It has, like, secrets that it's keeping from you. Mm-hmm. It feels like... Build up. And, 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 it, and it, it, it feels like a show m- meant to be self-contained, meant to be watched in order. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I think that's a reflection of the way television had changed between uh, the start of Friends in 1984 and the start of How I Met Your Mother in, in 2005. That mm. it's a... Uh, the show has its own uh, mythology. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure if the mics are picking up our very cute dog. <laughs> So um, I think that's mostly the intro stuff. The only thing I wanted to ask you is what are you looking forward to in doing undertaking this project and what do you think is going to happen? Well, I guess, did we just, did we explain that the project is we're going to watch one of each episode every week and then talk about it? I can't remember if we made that clear, but yes, it's not going to be back and forth. It's not going to line up perfectly. What do you mean? I mean the whole series. Yeah, there's more Friends there's episodes. More, more so there, friends, there will yes. be episodes. Right. Uh, it's not way more. There are there are 27 more episodes of Friends. Oof, okay, but that's um, 27 but that's, weeks of. Yeah, yeah. But that's at the end. Yes, we'll finish *Home and Your Mother*, and then we'll still have a whole season of just watching Friends. Okay. Um, because there's one more season. There's ten seasons of Friends and nine seasons of *Home and Your Mother*. Right. Um, well, I think this will be a fun undertaking and we're in a pandemic, so we're going to be home. Um, we could just hopefully not for the entire not like, four for and a half years or whatever it's going to take us to do this I mean, show. Don't quote us on this. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a fun project and it'll be, it'll be fun and interesting. Uh, I think for me, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most besides like rewatching the Harmon and Mother episodes that I really love is I'm looking forward to finally like giving friends a chance and kind of hmm. falling in love with it. Like people do now that I'm, hmm. di- now that I'm a different person than I was, I I feel like I'm looking forward to catching up to the zeitgeist. Again, I still have seen a lot of these early episodes, right. but even then, like, because they were on, they're always reruns or whatever. But even then, once I was, once I'm in college, you know, in, in starting in, in 2000, 2004, I'm not even watching those. So like the last four seasons of so of friends, I've probably seen like none of. So all of the big, and that's when in my understanding, the show becomes very soapy and yes. like a lot of those things I maybe had picked up, but mostly I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to, to that. Um, and the last thing I want to do, and I want to make this, if it works out a regular segment is just, read the episode titles of the next episodes we're going to be watching, which in this case is the first episode of each show and see if based on whatever we want to take into account, count, count. So, uh, with, with friends, it's a bit of a, uh, a gimme and it will be the entire series because the, the title of the episode is what happens, but I think we can get a little more specific, mm-hmm. a little more granular mm-hmm. than that. Um, so the first friend out is called the one where Monica gets a roommate. <laughs> so we know, we know what happens that, uh, 
uh, Rachel, I guess, doesn't marry the dentist. Yeah. And instead moves in with her old chum, Monica. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, do we have any other predictions about what we're going to see in this episode? Not not even necessarily plot line predictions, but like I predict, for instance, I'm interested to see how, because the thing with television is that it finds itself as it goes along. You know, you think about Kramer in the first couple episodes of Seinfeld. Now right. he's not really the Kramer. Right. Because, like, he still played by Michael Richards, but he's not really the Kramer. Like, I predict we're going to see some versions of the characters that aren't fully formed yet and then sure. maybe have some contradictions to what they become. Sure. I, I guess I just think in pilots, it's kind of an introduction of all the characters. Um, I think we'll get maybe some taglines that will appear throughout the series. You think starting episode one, we already get some? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I could be wrong, but yeah, it's a prediction. <clears throat> and then what is your prediction for How I Met Your Mother's pilot episode, which is just called pilot? That's another difference between the two eras. People were TV savvy enough that you could just call the pilot episode pilot, and people didn't think it was actually about a pilot or anything. People knew what the word pilot meant by 2005. Okay. So do you have any predictions? So the title is... Pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Um, I guess just the you know character introduction. Um, I wonder if it'll be... I'm assuming it'll be at the bar. I know so little about the show, so this will be fun. Um, yeah. I'm assuming it'll be at the bar. Um, I know roughly who the characters are. I know. Can you name the five main characters? Well, I know Bob Saget does the voice of okay. Ted. Is that, that he's the grown up Ted? He's a grown up Ted. So I know that there's Ted, there's Lily, there's Barney, there's Malcolm, <laughs> Marshall, Marshall. Yeah. Close. Same difference. And you're um, missing one other lady. Um, Friends is equally three and three. Yes. How many mothers, three boys and a lady. Is her ladies. name Bianca? <laughs> no, I know it's not Bianca. <laughs> it's Robin. Robin, yes. Okay. I knew that. Uh, you do now, and now everyone else knows. And so we are going to... Wait, wait. Can you name the friends? Just kidding. <laughs> but are there any questions? Um, hmm. Do you have a favorite friend going into the show? Uh, Phoebe. Yeah, like that, that based is, on reruns. Yeah, that is uh, the answer. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Even though I don't think we'd actually get along in real life. As a person who is maybe overly devoted to my personal like schedules and my rigidness and mm -hmm. and uh, I, uh, I like to make lists and schedules and set alarms and do things by the book, I actually do feel like I am going to have some kinship with Monica. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, all right, so we are going to go on a break. Good one. Good one. <laughs> We're going to watch the pilot episodes of both shows, and then we'll be right back. Thanks. It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. So we just watched <laughs> Friends Season 1, Episode 1, the one where Monica gets a roommate, and we watched How I Met Your Mother 101 pilot. But first, we're going to uh, talk about friends yes also it should be noted that we didn't talk during the episode and we're going we didn't talk after the episode either so this is our first conversation 
<laughs> right. We've talked about things other than the nope. show. Nope. <laughs> we haven't spoken a and word to won't. one another since we took a break. <laughs> since we were on a break. Well, that's what happens when you're on a break. Right. Right. That's true. Um, nice tie-in. We have a very strange relationship. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm, I will start by talking about what happened in this episode of Friends. Uh, there were, I, I guess, uh, I'm not going to try and do this for every episode, um, but basically in sitcom terms, there's an A, B, and C plot. The A plot mm-hmm. is Rachel uh, is a runaway bride and you know reintroduces herself to her friend Monica, who I guess... They become good friends over the course of the show, but they're clearly not like that close right now as this has started. Because as Monica mentioned, she wasn't invited to the wedding. So harsh. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess there's a number of things that I want to talk about in terms of like, oh, I was surprised to find that, and that's that's one of them. I didn't realize that this was like an old friendship that was kind of being rekindled. rekindled. Right. So. You've got that storyline, Rachel's uh, uh, moving in, getting acclimated, meeting the rest of the the crew, uh, reacquainting herself with, with, with Monica, and even more so reacquainting herself with, with Ross. In, I guess, the, the, the B-plot is that um, Monica has a date with the uh, wine supplier from the restaurant she works at uh, with her co line cook Franny, who I'm, I'm sure we'll see plenty more of Franny. <laughs> Franny's clearly a part of the rotation now, right? Right. Uh, and then the C plot is that Ross is moving into his new apartment and getting his, uh, and, and, and uh, Joey and Chandler are helping him set up his furniture because he's just been, he's divorced. Is that, he was married? Yes. And I've already forgotten her name. Carol. Carol came out as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was clearly, uh, uh, when did the Susan storyline happen on, on Seinfeld? Was this just like something that yeah. NBC writers rooms just like to write about, uh, lesbians. That's hilarious. <laughs> like women, like real, yeah, exactly. Like realizing they're, uh, lesbians. So, um, yeah, that was like, a. I don't, yeah, it was like played as a joke when he initially said that his ex-wife is a lesbian. Yeah, and there's the, like, she drank beer out of the can. I should have known. <gasps> yeah. That's like, <laughs> It doesn't, doesn't age well. Uh, uh, yeah, so let's, I, I want to talk about some of my thoughts of the episode, okay? Okay. Uh, one, I was pleasantly surprised. I hmm. thought it was going to be clunkier to start. Sometimes pilots are clunky, and, and the show is clearly not fully formed, mm-hmm. but this is a good in terms of old fashioned TV sitcom writing, like in terms of just like jokes per minute and quality of jokes, Mm -hmm. I think it's a really sharply written episode and it's really sharply directed, which should come as no surprise because it's directed by James Burroughs who did almost every episode of cheers, all the great episodes of will and grace. He's like the sitcom director of the 20th century. Right. Um, uh, uh, or the late 20th century, whatever you want, you want to say. Um, so I thought, the episode was really good. Funny. Very funny. Constant I, jokes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I laughed a lot. I mean, some of it is very... Um, it's the sort of thing that... Did you ever watch uh, 
the the Ben Stiller show, his sketch show that he had back yes. in, for one season. Yes. It's very much the sort of thing that he would parody, like this sort of the the very nineties of it, the idea of like characters being like at an ironic remove, especially Chandler. Like the fact the idea of characters, especially like white college educated single twenty something characters watching a telenovela and making fun of it mm-hmm. is doesn't age well right. and also is just so 90s it, yeah yeah agreed um i'm trying to think what else i really wanted to uh hit on about the episode before um we get into your thoughts on the episode um that's a question okay uh that's for later let's see that's for later um yeah i guess the only other thing okay a few few thoughts when paul the wine guy Mm -hmm. says that uh uh he okay (laughs) on the date we this turns out to be a lie and something he says to like get women on his side or whatever he says that he's been uh or celibate for two years but not celibate like impotent yeah for two years yeah but the way he says it, he says, for the past two years, I haven't been able to. And at this point, everyone in the viewing audience knows what he's saying, right? Mm-hmm. He says, I haven't been able to. And then he says, perform. Mm-hmm. Okay, clearly, we know exactly where he's going. Right. And then he says, sexually. And Monica spits out her yeah, tea. Yeah, there was a sweet spit, spit, spit take in this. And then, well. We'll get to the comparisons. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I thought it was excellent. Uh, the spit take. Yes. Monica's spit take is excellent. Yes. Yeah. My question though is, is this prudishness on the show's part or is this just Monica? I don't think, uh, I think it's just Monica. Okay. I th- well, a little bit of both, I think. Because, um, when Rachel's talking to her jilted fiance, the fiance that she jil- jilted, yeah. um, she's talking about sex, like talking about how I can't remember what, what did she always say that he something he always did during sex? Was it that he always kept his eyes open or I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah. It was something. Yeah. He so, kept his eyes open. Uh, I think it was just a shock to Monica, but I don't think it's prudishness. I think it's just kind of a shocking statement But I'll, because but as I'll, we've seen, Monica ends up sleeping with Paul, the wine guy. But I think people can be, prudish and still have sex i think it's just i I, i'm not saying i guess i'm not saying what what i'm saying is that it surprised me that it surprised her like the sentence where that sentence was going was so telegraphed that by the time he gets to the word sexually she should already have processed it processed it and be on to the next thing not oh my god sexual like what did she think Let's follow Monica's I logic. I couldn't perform my job. I couldn't perform. Yeah. Mime. Yeah. <laughs> In an acting capacity. Yeah. Um, uh, to another question, I want to know. Rachel was Rachel made coffee that. Uh, so Joey and Chandler like come over to write to Monica's in the morning yes. before Chandler has to go to work. They live That's in weird. the same building is my understanding. Yeah. They live across the hall. Yeah. They live across the hall. So they're always just hanging out. This is a group of leisure. They're always leisurely laying about. So they have 
seemingly endless free time. And seemingly an open invitation into Monica's apartment. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. Like, the door is always open. Okay, so this is just something I have to y- yes, buy into. Yes, you have to make peace with that. Yeah. Because I, I guess what I'm saying is, imagine you're in Monica's place. You're a single woman. You've had a, uh, a date stay the night. Mm-hmm. And you come out in the morning and your two male next door neighbors are just just hanging hanging out out in your kitchen. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, She also has like a giant two bedroom apartment. One room is completely empty. We're led to believe. Or apparently already has a bed in it because Rachel just like goes to bed. It's a fully furnished bedroom for no good reason up until the need for Rachel to live there. So, but I mean, she is, I wonder what she's making at her job at the... As a chef uh, or as a sous uh, chef, right? Like, is that what she is? Because that's not, uh, not a bad paying job, right? A sous chef? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, but still, I think we have to suspend our disbelief right. um, on a lot of but, a lot of issues. But my real question is speaking, I guess I should suspend my disbelief even further. My real question here is Rachel tries her hand at making coffee. Yeah. And apparently it's so terrible yeah. that Joey and Chandler pour it into the... Plant, that poor Rude. plant. Yes. They ruined that plant. Yes. Um, what do you think she did to the coffee? How do you fuck up coffee that So it, that is a theme that will kind of reoccur is like she, her failing at cooking and preparing food. And I guess coffee is one of them. Yeah, I think we're to believe that she's never had to make coffee for herself. You know, we learned that her father is pretty wealthy. She's never really had to have a job. Um, so maybe she never made coffee. So what do you think she did? Um, maybe too weak. I'm guessing it was too weak. She too made it in, it was like in a decanter. I forget what those are called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. And I feel bad for that plant on the table. A percolator? No. It, no, it wasn't a percolator. Okay. What kind of plant was it on the table? <laughs> Good question. It looked like a spider plant. Okay. Of some sort. Good to know. Yes. And then my last, this isn't a question that we'll get into to your thoughts on, on the episode. Uh, but just coming from the position of not knowing the show as well. Mm-hmm. I knew that Ross and Rachel as a couple was a f- place the show went. Right. I didn't realize. I was surprised to find that it starts right episode away. one. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that was a part of the show from the jump. Yeah. Because they're both like so recently out of other relationships. I mean, in Rachel's case, like less than 24 hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, uh, what what uh, what thoughts did you have on the one where Monica gets a roommate? So I like this episode. I think it's a good intro to the characters. Um, we kind of get a sense that, you know, Phoebe is a, a quirky, silly gal. She sings. Um, we kind of get the sense that Joey is kind of like a creep, womanizer, kind of oafish. Um, he is always... That's our cat. Um, He's always eating something like throughout the whole episode. He was like eating a sandwich or, you know. Yeah. Um, And I also like just the massive amounts of free time that these people have. And when they hang out at Central Perk, their coffee shop, they always have dibs on the couch and the um, surrounding. Yeah, that's going to be tough. And couches. Yeah. Yeah. and then at home, they're just watching TV together, eating together. Um, we're introduced to the weird cadence that all the men speak in of like emphasizing a certain word in a sentence 
as I, I like a, a, yeah i think it started the 90s, there yeah like, like i cannot feel my legs or <laughs> i mean we'll right. learn can you be any more you know yeah, we'll yeah. learn that whole like back and forth oh yeah that's right that's what ross said he's like i have no little worm things i, I have, have no bracket no idea I yeah cannot feel my legs yeah yeah um but yeah overall i think it was a great episode um the headpiece on rachel's like wedding gown is very silly i thought it was a silly choice um yeah way harsh that monica wasn't wasn't invited to the wedding but a good enough friend where she can assume that she can live in her apartment yeah uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about your favorite quote? Well, uh, or do you want to? Yes, I do. Let's talk about our favorite quotes. But first, this, <laughs> this has nothing to do with friends. Just a thing that I made note of that. Uh, this is like a relic of there was a time when TV used to like end for the night. Like, right. They're right. watching TV and then you hear the national anthem and they're like, all right, time to turn off the TV. Yeah. And that's like something I know of from like Poltergeist, <laughs> which is 1982. Uh, cause that happens in Poltergeist. They like yeah. Craig T. Nelson falls asleep and then you get the national anthem and then it just goes to yeah. snow was were TV stations still just like in 1994, still just like we're done for the night and not broadcasting again until the morning. I wonder. Yeah, maybe it's possible. Uh, because there were other like, um, Ross makes a reference to Billy. Don't be a hero as like the last time he grabbed a spoon. And I was like, I, I don't really know what that it's a song yeah I didn't know that reference yeah so I think it, I think that was like a song and he's saying when that song was popular was the last time he made the first move Got on it. a girl or whatever I yeah. think that's what he was saying right uh, but okay so um, my favorite line of the episode and these this was uh, this is your idea that I love but uh I've I've decided I've realized my favorite line is probably going to end up being something very silly in okay. every episode. Okay. Um, because too, yes. right at the beginning, when Ross first comes in and he's talking about how terrible it was, that's mine too. And, and he goes, that's mine too. He goes uh, something like, uh, "I feel like my intestines have been pulled out through my eyeballs or whatever." And Jenna goes, "Cookie." <laughs> oh, okay. So that but, wasn't mine. Okay, yes. because and that. There's there's a physical aspect of it that Chandler, for some reason, has a plate of like cookies. a stack of a stack, three cookies. Yeah, they were like perfectly lined a, up. And like I don't know if that's an item at a coffee shop. I get that you can order a cookie. Can you order four cookies? Can I get four cookies stacked on top of each other? Perfect. Thank you. So that was my favorite. So yours was from the same scene, I guess. Same scene. So yeah, Ross is is bummed out. Um, I forget exactly what he said, but I think that's what you have. And then Joey says, this guy says, hello, I want to kill myself, (laughs) which is a really dark statement to make, but it was funny. And also only the first suicide reference in the episode because we get uh, Phoebe's backstory has two suicides. Very three. Oh, no, no, no. Her mother, her, mother, her, di- her dad went to her prison. Friend. Yes, yes, yes. And then the guy she was living with when she first moved to New York City also committed suicide. Yes. And that's one of those things I was thinking, like, obviously when they write this pilot, they're not thinking, oh, this show's going to be an enormous hit and go on for 10 years. And now, it's, so it's like, they've committed themselves to Phoebe's mother's suicide being a part of her backstory. Right, yeah, we'll get more into that. Uh, but it's weird, like, they probably weren't thinking about, oh, we're going to have to follow through on this for 10 years. Right. 
Uh, all right. Do we okay. want to move on yes. to? Yes, I'll do a very brief recap. And listeners, if you're out there, you should follow yeah. along too, right? If you, oh, have the, if you have the means to do so, I think that could be fun. Yeah, the uh, Friends is on HBO Max, and. Uh, How I Met Your Mother is on Hulu. That's how we're yeah. watching it. And yeah. yeah, I'm assuming that you're listening to this. I should have, uh, by the time you're hearing this, there should be a post for this episode of BattleshipPretension.com, which is my uh, website where I review movies and host my other podcast, co-host my other podcast, Battleship Pretension. Uh, so you, you could uh, put your own comments yeah. there. Yeah, that could be fun. You can also probably email it. Let's, say, let's wait till episode two yeah. to... And I'll, I'll give my email at the end okay. of the episode. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Uh, okay, so How I Met Your Mother, um, this will be brief, so I'm not going to do it in terms of A, B, and C plot. because Yeah, I'm not going to stick to that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't plan for this. But so, the, the Friends episode was just very clear. Yes. So this, is a, this sets up as it's, we're in the year 2030, and a narrator is talking to his kids about how I met your mother. Um, and then we flash forward, flash back to 2005. So we meet uh, Ted, Marshall, Lily, Robin, Barney. Um, I don't remember what who we meet first, but Ted and Barney are in the bar, right? Well, first it's um, Ted and Marshall because Marshall proposes to Ted or is like practicing. Right, he's proposal. practicing. He wants to propose to Lily. Um, I guess that's a beep plot i guess yeah like i said we don't need to stick okay anyway so ted and barney are in the bar we're kind of learning a little bit more about them we learned that barney is a huge creepy douche um he starts off by um i guess exoticizing women of different ethnicities like right off the bat like he's he's bad he's no good and then we learn that ted is kind of like a hopeless romantic um so well, I guess Ted and Marshall are best friends and live together. Mm-hmm. Barney doesn't want Marshall to propose. He thinks um, a marriage is a bad idea. Everyone should be single and just, I guess, have flings throughout their whole life. So that's like Joey said, they should have uh, different flavors of ice cream. Yes, yeah. So another common common thing. So yes, Marshall proposes to Lily at back at their apartment. She says yes. They have sex on the kitchen floor. There's a pop tart under the fridge, which is really funny. Yeah, Marshall um, says dibs. Marshall has dibs on the pop tart. Um, yeah. Okay. So we go back to the bar. I'm terrible at describing things. We go back to the bar and Ted lays eyes on a woman who's very beautiful. And he decides that he wants to ask her out um, they have like a series of like dumb, um, catchy, like come on lines mm-hmm. or Barney does. Um, but she's amenable. She agrees to go out with him after like a, a little back and forth. Um, it's cute. Um, but she says she's going out of town for a week for work cause she's a broadcaster. 
a news broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't want to wait. So he actually says, what about tomorrow night? She said, yes. Um, so Robin and Ted go on a date. They hit it off. They go to a restaurant. They make a funny joke, um, about a French horn on the wall. Um, he actually, (laughs) okay. So he compares it to a Smurf penis. She does a spit take. Right. With the Smurf penis. Yeah. Um, so actually, Which one's the better spit take? Monica's? Monica's, yeah. 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 Um, so they leave, he walks her home, and they hit it off pretty well, but he misses their, he misses a signal. He doesn't kiss her. He goes back to the bar, tells his friends, and they're all, oh, you should have kissed her. You missed the mark. You should have. What is the, what is the, the phrase? signal? The signal. So yeah. he missed the signal. Um, they're all at the bar. They they see the news on. She's on the news. She's on the news, like doing a story about a guy who almost commits suicide off of a bridge. Yeah. And then Ted makes a decision. I'm going to go now. I'm going to go kiss her. So they all get in a cab, right? <laughs> and they go to Robin's apartment. And he actually, on the way to the apartment, he goes to the restaurant, steals the blue French horn from the restaurant wall. And brings it to her. She has five dogs, by the way. That's another funny, quirky thing about Robin. Um, and she's into it. He's into it. And, you know, they're having a drink. And they're getting really close to kissing. And then he makes a mistake of saying that he loves her. <laughs> like, right away. Yeah. Which, obviously, is not well-received. Um, and then... The, in the meanwhile, the friends are in the cab downstairs waiting for him. Like, or is he going to kiss her? Is it going to go bad? Is he going to score? So there's all kinds of banter um, in the cab. Let's see what else happens. Um, he doesn't kiss her? No. Yeah, he never kisses her. Yeah. And then we end at the bar, them all talking again. Right? Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it was good as a setup. Um, Barney's a douchey creep. Ted's a hopeless romantic. Lillian Marshall are adorable. Um, I think what, I don't know if it's a quote or a theme of the, epi- or the joke of the episode was the olive theory. I know, which is. Which is perfect because, so an olive theory is kind of like a, compatibility indicator in a relationship. If one person loves olives and the other one doesn't, it's kind of a good match. Yeah. Um, which is true for us. True for us. I am not an olive fan. I love olives. Yeah. You but love. now I'm suspicious. Maybe this whole time you secretly <laughs> are chomping olives I'm behind probably, my back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I mean, I've uh, grown out of most of my picky eating. Yeah. Pickles and olives you hate. I can't. And I, I every once both. in a while I try again. Yeah. But I just I, I, both of those I can't. Yeah, and I don't get it, especially with pickles. I like other things that are pickled. Yes, you love like saltiness and dill, I love kimchi. Yeah. I like a pickled beet. Yeah, but I just don't understand. There must be some sort of thing uh, un uh, undiscovered uh, trauma <laughs> connected hmm. to pickles for me. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I thought this episode was fun. I liked it. Um, I liked all the side characters, like the cab driver. I like the bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl. Carl. Um, yeah, I thought this was fun. 
Oh, I also liked that Barney is into laser tag. <laughs> I thought that was a funny character quirk. Yeah. We'll get back. We'll get to that later, actually. Okay. Um, because I want to, we're going to set aside uh, a segment. I think we're still figuring out the segments and stuff, but I think we're going to set aside time to address like running jokes or motifs or things like that a little bit later on. Yes. Uh, but obviously you don't know that laser tag, uh, because okay. yeah, it's, this isn't a one and done. Okay. The laser tag thing. As far as my thoughts, did you have anything else? Uh, no. As far as my, my thoughts on the episode, you mostly, you covered the main two ones w- that I had, which is that, uh, Barney's problematic. He's like yeah. kind of funny problematic, but not mm. especially 15 years yeah. since the episode. Like it's not as funny. I find it more so problematic than yeah. funny. Um, uh, Ted is like you said, hopeless romantic. He's kind of lame. Yes. And I think one of the things that I, that I credit the show with is that I think the show recognizes that he's lame. Yeah. Like, Understands that, yes, you, he wants love and that's sweet and everything, but also recognizes that he's kind of a, a dork and can get in his own way by overstepping and things like that. I think that's something that's going to yeah. come up, and I think that's a... Um, and he's going to maybe sabotage all of his relationships, or a lot of them, yeah, just by being, um, yeah, like too hopeless. Uh, other things I wanted to bring up, you, you mentioned Robin's dogs. We don't... Uh, I don't want to get too much into telling you or telling listeners what comes up, but sort of like I was saying with with Phoebe, they wrote in this thing and now they have to stick with it. If you write in the Robin has five dogs, uh, that's a tough thing to like keep up. Right. So yeah. um, I, I will say we don't see a whole lot of the inside of Robin's apartment going forward because I don't think they want to keep having five dogs running around, which is too bad because they're cute dogs. I especially like the four of them are big and one of them is little. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. Um, uh, no, I didn't. But I also noticed like you can't have an apartment in New York with five dogs. Maybe her landlord doesn't know, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's I also I prefer that maybe animals can be referenced without showing them because I think about animal actors and I think it's kind of unfair to them. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still like that there were four dogs, big dogs on the floor looking up at Ted and one little dog that was up on the table. Yeah. They were cute. Don't get me wrong. I like to see animals. Uh, but also to revisit the thing that I said in, uh, the earlier segment about the show, um, yeah, obviously we saw, you mentioned central perk, uh, in, in friends that hang out here. We've got McLaren's, We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, even uh, I, when they're waiting in the cab outside Robin's mm-hmm. and Barney's bored, he's like, we could still make last call. And that, that is part of the DNA of the show, that it's not just that they hang out at a bar. It's that they like to drink. They like to drink, yeah. Uh, and, and, that, and, and they end up abandoning Ted. <laughs> but he makes it to last call. Uh, I, w- I, uh, I, was, I did find this refreshing. Um, in a lot of shows women in bars will only drink white wine and that's in the front of my mind because I've been rewatching Cheers and all women ever drink in Cheers is white wine they yeah. don't even have a type a kind it's just white wine just yeah. generic white wine and here we see Robin drink a martini several mar- a few martinis um, I think Lily drinks a beer so. Lily also drinks a white wine in the episode. Okay. Um, but 
Yeah, but uh, Robin likes scotch. That's something they she talks about. She says, I like a scotch that's old enough to order a scotch. Right. That's a good line. Right. But she ordered a martini, ordered and that's martini. the martini that she threw in Ted's face, right. which I also liked. And then at her apartment, she made them martinis. Yes, yes. Um, all right, so let's uh, move on to... I want to talk about the... Uh, I'm calling this section Challenge Accepted. Which is a reference you don't know yet, but challenge accepted. Uh, we both talked about predictions uh, for this episode. I predicted that we would see some unformed characters. Yes. Uh, in in Friends, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much of uh, Rachel doesn't know how the world works because she's spoiled. I'm not sure. Is that something that continues as the show goes on? Uh, yes. Okay. But I think she grows as a character. Um, also, how quickly should I expect Joey to get a haircut? Because I've seen a lot of reruns of Friends, and this longer-haired Joey is not in a lot of episodes. Yeah, he was also wearing cowboy boots, which is not <laughs> a, a Joey trait. Um, so do we want to talk about what we saw as similarities and differences between the shows? Yes. Do you have any that you made note of? Um, well, I mean, I think there's some obvious similarities in like the kind of relationship, like the um, hopeless romantic. I feel like Ted and Ross probably have some similarities as far as like their wistful, um, hopeless romantic traits. Yeah. And that's my question, I guess, because I've, like I said, I think the show knows that there's something that. There's something sweet, but also a little bit insufferable about Ted. Yeah. Does the show know that Ross uh, is kind of a tool? Uh, I think so. But I think we're we're supposed to believe that he's kind of charming and sensitive, which, spoiler, I've always really disliked Ross. Okay. I look forward to disliking Ross more. Um, Let's see. If we're comparing characters, Joey and Barney have a lot of similarities Horn in dogs. kind of yeah, creepy, womanizing, chauvinistic takes yeah. on the world. Um, but there's no I, I would say um and maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm bringing my experience of the show to come. I feel like yes, it's weird that the that there's a gender imbalance on how I met your mother where is the gender balance on on friends. Um, but I don't feel like there's a Robin type among the friends ladies. Like, I don't think any of the friends ladies like drink scotch and they don't I, drink. I mean, right, that's true. there'll be some like plot points around alcohol, but they drink coffee and a weird soda called mellow yellow. Oh yeah. I know mellow yellow though. <laughs> yeah. They were drinking that. Yeah. They all had them like there were five mellow yellows on the table around them, which I thought was strange. Where was this? This is at the apartment. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. I noticed they were eating Oreos at the end, or maybe, maybe Hydrox. And then there was a, a branded beer, or was it a fake brand? That was a fake. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was a fake okay. brand. I'm pretty sure the beers on How I Met Your Mother, uh, Himium, as we call it, um, were, uh, <laughs> were, also, were also fake. Um, other similarities, obviously, they both live in... Manhattan, right? Right. Not right. just New York. They're both Manhattan because I, they make a point of Robin lives in Brooklyn and Ted has to go to Brooklyn. Right. 
Um, so I'm guessing he lives in Manhattan. I'm guessing that Todd, that Ted and Marshall live in Manhattan. Um, there was also a very funny, uh, there was a bit of a running joke came up twice where everyone kept talking about on friends. Everyone called, kept talking about Paul, 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 Paul. And then Chandler's like, I didn't catch your name. Paul. Is was it, it Paul? What? Yeah. Um, and there was a very similar joke in the how I'm in your mother pilot where, uh, after Barney says, have you met Ted? Uh, Robin's like, Ted, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention was that, uh, friends still takes place, in 1994, we're still in a world where shows have long opening title sequences yeah. and like a whole ass theme song with all the credits or whatever. Yeah. Um, How I Met Your Mother has a very quick title sequence that it was even short in the pilot. We didn't even really get all of it. We got the very beginning of it and then it bled directly into the old. The 2030. The, no, because it, it, it started with 2030 and we see Lindsay Fonseca and what's his name who play Ted's kids. Um, and then uh, um, Lindsay Fonseca was on uh, La Femme Nikita, the TV show uh, oh. version, the later TV show version, not the one from the 90s. Anyway, um, um, which is weird because she was still on How I Met Your Mother as like <laughs> Ted's daughter yeah. every once in a while, but uh, um, was showing up on La Femme Nikita. Anyway, um, so yeah, we get the intro and then he's like, I can't remember what Bob Saget's line is, but it goes into, but then it went straight into pictures of young Ted and Marshall at like college and their early, uh, we didn't even get the full, the quote unquote full opening title sequence, which even in itself is 15 seconds long when we get to that. Right. So, um, that's a different, a which TV changed between 1994 and 2005. I I like the long title sequence. I welcome it. I like the songs. Me Um, too. I kind of miss it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there are very few, uh, shows that still do it. Uh, Bojack Horseman ended this year or a year ago, almost a year ago now. That was one of the last great opening title sequences, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, there's and, probably the, and that it was, it, is it Rembrandt's the Rembrandt song? Is that yeah, yeah, that's Okay. The, I like that song. I like the claps. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I never really liked it. I like the claps. Um, what else? Well, I want to uh, uh, I want to get into, uh, and you can answer this on Friends. Were any running jokes established, or any uh, any things we'll see come up again and again on on this episode? Okay, um, Chandler's job is like we don't know exactly what he does, but we're led to believe that it's like a pointless, monotonous accounting type, generic job, office job. Yeah, he says if. If I don't input those numbers, then nothing will Nothing happen. will change, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, that's interesting. That's kind of that. a ongoing... Um, yeah, I think, I think Monica being inept at a lot of everyday tasks... Rachel. Rachel, sorry. Yes. Um, Monica's very apt. Yes. Um, let's see, ongoing Joe. Yeah, I think Joey just being kind of like an aloof... Creepo. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I want to tell you, uh, um, I'll set with how I met your mother. We'll set Barney aside for a second. And I'll say okay. outside of Barney, the two things that 
were introduced in this episode that will come up again, uh, or at least a few more times. That blue French horn. That's not the last time we're going to see oh, the blue French horn. Okay. And also, Ranjit, the cab driver, oh. is like a their their go to cab driver for okay. the rest of the series. I loved him. Uh, yeah, Ranjit's uh, great. Even though Barney made another like problematic joke about Ranjit's wife, yes, which was not Gross. cool. Yeah, um, but. It's shocking to me how many, because maybe because Barney is essentially a walking collection of catchphrases to begin with. Mm-hmm. There's so many that are introduced in the pilot that I didn't realize were introduced that early. So suit up, he says at least twice, and he will say it throughout the and series. he's always wearing a suit. Uh, he's always wearing a suit, yeah. Um, the argument of um, Marshall is clearly Ted's best friend, but Barney thinks he's Ted's best friend. Uh-huh. That's going to go on forever. That's, okay. that's, a, that's a running thing. Um, the game of or or the uh, line of have you met ted that's that's okay. not a one and done we're gonna see lots of have you met ted right. uh, as the thing goes on um he says wait for it in this episode like i did earlier this episode uh like i said he's into laser tag he has a blog which is also a very 2005 thing <laughs> yeah but there'll be more references in this one he says i'm putting this in my blog or something like that yeah um, laser tag, which we discussed already. Yeah, laser tag we discussed. Uh, the idea of him saying something like sexist or chauvinistic or whatever, and then putting up his hand for a high five and no one returning the high five. Right. That uh, will go on and ends up at one point becoming a very big joke uh, uh, on the show. So there are so many Barney things. Yeah. And there are just more to come because that's the, the kind of character that, that Barney is. Um, do we have any other overarching thoughts we wanted to get to? Uh, about this this episode um, no Nothing. okay so n- next segment this will be less clunky as we go on i think Hopefully. right let's hope so uh next segment i'm calling it how are we doing and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's no no i think he, he, but you have to do it because you know the you know the show better how are we doing how are we but it's how were we doing how were we doing no that's that's hard how are we doing? Uh, and I just wanted to look at what was in the news, the date that these episodes premiered. Um, this is a fun idea, I think, in my mind. In theory, yeah. It's less fun in practice because September 22nd, 1994, if you look up what happened on September 22nd, 1994, the number one thing you find is Friends premiered. Wow. <laughs> because wow. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, but uh, the... Um, the there was a major government resignation in Denmark. Uh, there was a new bridge built in Norway. A lot, a lot of things happened in Scandinavia, apparently, but uh, uh, not not that much uh, uh, else on September twenty second, nineteen ninety four. Whereas if you go to, to September nineteenth, two thousand five, um, there's a lot of things that were happening, a lot of them having to do with the fact that Hurricane Katrina had just hit and Hurricane Rita was coming. Right. Um, and uh, I didn't want to mean for this to be a, uh, a bummer, but I like the idea of us sort of going back to those those times. Um, Hurricane Katrina was... Uh, my personal experience of learning about it because I was in the middle of this move from Chicago to Los Angeles. I kind of like, I was like, I knew there was something happening in new Orleans, but this is before smartphones and everything. It wasn't until I was like, like days after hurricane Katrina, when I was finally in Los Angeles and settled that I actually realized the scope of what had happened there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing it for the first time. My mom and I cried about it and we volunteered um, to organize like um, resource, like water and organize food donations. And this organization actually had trucks that they were actually driving there, which in retrospect, I think that was complicating things more, <laughs> just trucks coming into a city that was being ravaged. Um, thank you. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, I have a very specific memory of, because I drove to Los Angeles in a U-Haul. And um, it took, drove from Chicago to St. Louis, stayed in St. Louis, which is where I'm from, then St. Louis to Albuquerque, stayed one night in Albuquerque. Great city. And then, yeah, and then drove from Albuquerque to Los Angeles and like had, the truck broke down twice along the way. So by the time I was supposed to get to Los I didn't get to Los Angeles until the early morning. Like I left it early morning. It was like 20 hours of driving from Albuquerque to Los Angeles. And like I mentioned earlier, I didn't have an apartment yet. So I had a storage locker at U-Haul that I was going to keep all my stuff in until I had an apartment. But I got there, you know, it was four o'clock in the morning or whatever. The place wasn't open yet. The U-Haul wasn't open. So I have this memory of, uh, the U-Haul didn't have a tape deck or a CD player or anything. It just had the radio. And I remember sitting in the U-Haul outside the U-Haul place, waiting for it to open so I could unload the truck and listening to Howard Stern of all things, huh. making fun of Sean Penn for helping people, I guess. Do you remember, do you remember this? Like Sean Penn went do. down and like helped yeah, people. He, like he built homes. He donated so much money. Yeah. But yeah, he actually like went there and like did the work. Like pulled people off of roofs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And like in boats, like actually rescuing yeah. people. And I remember Howard Stern making fun of like, I'll leave you. that to the experts or whatever. You're getting in the way, Sean Penn. That's what he was. Oh. Probably. That's probably the last time in my life I listened to Howard Stern. <laughs> I don't, not by choice. I just, it wasn't my choice to listen to him in the first place. It was like, what was that on? That was the only option. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, to do our challenge accepted for next, uh, uh, in the next episode, okay. the next episode, we'll be watching, uh, season one, episode two of the we'll season one or two. So one Oh two of friends is called the one with the sonogram at the end. So I'm going to, uh, obviously I have to guess who's getting a sonogram. You know, yeah, none of the right. characters seems like they'd be in a position to be uh, to be pregnant. So I'm going to guess Franny, Monica's co-worker, <laughs> right. whose job was apparently to toss salad. So <laughs> um, like literally she showed up, picked yeah. up two like wooden tongs, tongs that were yeah. already in the salad and yeah. just got to work tossing yeah. salad. <laughs> That's apparently what her job is yeah. on the line. Checks out. Um, now. To you, this will be even harder. Uh, 102 of How I Met Your Mother is called Purple Giraffe. Do you have a... You could toss aside the episode and just or the episode title and just say, what do you think happens next in the saga of okay. Ted, Marshall, Lily, Barney, and Robin? Well, I know that this show likes to um, present like fun character quirks, so I'm guessing that the giraffe is like a childhood stuffed animal of one of the characters. I love it. Is that okay? We're not going to tell, no, tell each other. Tell each other what they mean. That's what the challenge is. Uh, we should actually like be betting something. Okay. Like, did you get it right or whatever? Okay. Like, I like, I like a bet, like a, you know, here's what we should do. We should tally up 
over the course of a season of the show, which is like 22 episodes or whatever of, of this show, the one where I met your mother and see who gets the most right or closest to right. Okay. And whoever wins has to make the other person donate to their charity of choice. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Okay. That's the challenge. Okay. Is the challenge accepted? The challenge is accepted. Okay. Should well, we shake on it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have like We're actually like, shaking like, our hands. <laughs> like Ted, I have a very good handshake. Okay. I have a very good handshake. Would you agree? Yeah, it's strong. I do yeah. have a good firm handshake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was drilled into me by my father. Got to have a strong handshake. Don't trust a don't trust a man with a weak handshake. Is not something my dad literally said, but was definitely the impression I was given. I feel like people aren't going to want to shake hands at all anymore. I know that we're not. We don't want to like get into um, this. What topic. the co- we can get into the COVID uh, thing. But I um, feel like gone are the days of handshakes, right? We'll see. I think handshakes are going to come back. I never liked it. Back. I like the I like to shake hands. Huh. Okay. Well, um, this has been episode. I guess we'll call it episode one. One. One hundred and one of uh, the one where I met your mother. Uh, I've been David Bax. I'm Natalie Schaefer. Um, you can find you can find uh, me at battleshipretention.com. That's where my, my other podcast, where I talk about movies. I review movies at the at battleshipretention.com. You can email me certainly at davy at battleshipretention.com. We will um, probably set up an email for this podcast at sure, some point. Yeah. Um, Natalie, is there anything that uh, you want the listeners to know about you? No, <laughs> <laughs> none at all. Don't find me. Don't say anything mean about me. Um, but yeah, if you have any comments, obviously email David, reach out to David. Um, no, or yeah, I, comment at the post at battleshipretention.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm just joking. I welcome criticism. All feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all feedback. <laughs> sure, why not? But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you. I don't know how we should figure out how we sign off, but uh, is there a sign off from either of the shows? I can't think of, uh, you know, there's not like a Shit's Creek has like best wishes and warmest regards. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just say best wishes and warmest regards until we think of something else. You say best wishes. Best wishes. And warmest regards. 